Shall we begin? That creeps me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I walked away and let Dan of the Dead take the table. Came back, I don't know, Joe Michael's time later. The nice thing about having the table is it's the home for all the, the Joe Customs people who make it. JoeCustoms.com is the home of the world's premier G.I. Joe customizing website. Its purpose, to learn, improve, share, entertain, and showcase the work of the customizing community wherever and whenever possible to whomever shows interest. We'll help the community. Wherever there's customizing, Joe Customs is there. Joe Customs! Hi, I'm John, a.k.a. P-Love. I'm Matt, a.k.a. Hypno Hustler. This is Aaron, a.k.a. Bucky. Hi, this is Jeff, a.k.a. Joe Michael 70. And this is the Joe Con wrap-up edition. Hey, speaking of which, where's Spectre? No Spectre tonight. Just the guys that were at Con. Oh. Same reason why Dennis is, and I didn't even ask them. It's just, it would have been a lot of, no, I didn't see it. No, I wasn't there. No, I wasn't paying attention. I figured we'd stick with the people who were actually there. Why? (laughs) I was there, and I didn't see it. I wasn't paying attention. To this day, I still don't know what the fuck Red Claw said about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know where you were for that, actually. I you was standing right in front of Red Claw. Are you sure you weren't rubbing on Kavanaugh's beard? Might have been. It might have been about that same time. Aaron, you got some interviews being the man on the street. I was uh, able to talk with Troy McKee, whose name appeared on the box set, and he got a shout out during the. Um, the uh, Collectors Club panel for helping out. And uh, he explains a little bit about how he was involved and what he did. And here he is. I'm here with Troy McKee. Uh, Troy, your name is on the G.I. Joe box set here in Loveland as a thank you. Did you have something to do with that? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I was, uh, as for those that weren't at the convention, um, uh, at the club roundtable on on Saturday, uh, the club had alluded to I had done I had done some work uh, on the set. I had done the sculpture drawings on um, on the convention set and the souvenir two pack. And how does a, a sculpture drawing work? What exactly does that in uh, what's that entail? So a sculpture drawing, um, it's just like it it's just like the ones you've seen like from Joe Classified where they have the you know Ron Rude out uh, back in the eighties would do a sculpture drawing, mm-hmm. and then the sculptor would take that and actually physically sculpt the part. So I'm I'm kind of giving that that view of what we're looking to do to the sculptor, and then they're going to take that and transfer the the two D drawings that I have into a three D form. And how do you come up with the input drawings? Is it a lot of at-home customizing to see what parts fit together? Well, with the with the because we're doing all new parts, uh, there's not there's not a lot of that. Um, you know, I'll actually uh, I do I do all my work digital now, mm-hmm. um, so I'm actually going in on Photoshop and I'm drawing the head. I'm drawing those parts. I'm getting the proportions right. You know, and it just it it depends on the character too. What we're doing, um, you know. What, whatever the individual job calls for, but yeah, it's it's mostly just drawing. It, when you do those digital renderings and those drawings, and and you and you want to go with a certain look, how do you know that those parts are all going to jive together in terms of fitting uh, the figure before it goes into production? So with this set, we were we were really uh, lucky because they're just heads. And heads uh, are, are real easy to draw up, and they only have to fit the neck ball, and they're actually going to kind of custom fit that. Mm-hmm. Um, where it would get a little more tricky is, like, if we were doing new new vests or armor or gear or something that 
laid over the top of an existing figure. That uh, that gets a little trickier. Or new new body parts, like if we were doing like new new forearms or something, and it had to fit in between two sets, you know, a set of hands and a set of elbows or whatever. That that gets to be a little trickier. But this project didn't didn't really entail that. But if I needed to do that, um, you know, I'd work I'd work with some scaling in Photoshop. I'd I'd do some math ahead of time, which I don't like doing. But <laughs> <laughs> who does? <laughs> and not. Uh, You've you've been to many conventions and whatnot. Um, how do you feel about this year's convention? You know, I'm I, I love this uh, this year's convention. Obviously, you know, I worked on the concept, which I'm I'm super super stoked about. That's the first like GI Joe thing I've ever done done any work on professionally. Um, and uh, this is actually a hometown show for me. I'm I'm from a little town about an hour away from where the con's at. So this is this is a bit of a homecoming for me. Um, you know, I uh, I like everybody else getting here. Thought it was going to be the last show, but now. Now we've got two more shows, and we're going to Orlando next year, so I'm excited about that. Uh, but, yeah, it's been a good show. Now, uh, Troy, who's your favorite customizer from JoeCustoms.com? That would be Bucky. Why, why, why is that? Because he's awesome. Uh, how do you feel about Joe Michael 70? That guy creeps me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. He does me, too. All right. Well, thank you. Okay. That wraps up the interview with Troy McKee. Troy, thank you. Thank you. And uh, we'll hope to see you next year. All right. Thank you. Nice. Did they actually like take it through like the stuff he did, or just in general? Did they just show the like the? Th- I know they showed some of the three D renderings and stuff, but did they actually take through his process at all? No, they just did their general. Uh, you know, here's how we did the the color. You know, the maps and the the decos and stuff. Yeah, that our process. They did show some of the stuff, but they didn't talk about what he did at all. They did publicly. You know. Thank him and and say that he had you know had a hand in in the set, but they didn't really point out what specifically he you know did even. All I know is my cloud bricks is going to be armed with as many guns as I can possibly fit on them. <laughs> and who else did you talk with? I also interviewed Dan of the Dead, a longtime Joe Customs member. Surprisingly, um, longtime, by the way. Yeah, I, I didn't realize until this show that he had he's been around before most of us. Yeah, back. Bivouac days, which blew me away. Not only that, this is it's his first time ever going to a Joe Con, and he even talks about how they they were right next door, pretty much to where he was living at the time, and he just never went. So I talked with him a little bit to get his uh, thoughts and uh, what he was experiencing the first time. And here is that interview. We're here with Dan of the Dead at the GI Joe convention in Loveland, Colorado, and Stan's first convention. Dan, how you feeling? I'm feeling really good. It's been a really exciting weekend. I've had a very good time. Is there anything here that you weren't expecting, or what, what type of experience? Is it blowing your mind or anything? Yeah, actually, uh, it's been a very kind of a roller coaster ride. Uh, showing up for the long line for the souvenirs kind of takes a lot out of you. Friday, before the exhibit hall opened, I was feeling a little overwhelmed. Kind of had no idea what I was doing, but Saturday morning, showed up. Met up with everybody from Joe Customs, started meeting people I knew from online, and that's when it really starts getting fun. Is there anything here that, uh, well, I guess, how much did you spend? Did you, anything catch your eye you spent a bunch of money on? I went nuts with the souvenirs, because <laughs> at that time, we still thought it was the last Joe Con, and I figured, hey, it's the only one I'm ever going to go to. I'll get the souvenirs. Uh, don't regret it yet. <laughs> but uh, the floor, the store floor, has been awesome for custom fodder, checking out some of the casters, like Raising Spoon, and then... Uh, you know, the fodder bins to dig through and finding some cool stuff at the Let's Make a Deal booth was awesome. Uh, yeah, just 
picking up stuff. And all the art books that are around are amazing. Is there anything uh, that you would like to see in a convention that you didn't see here? That's a really interesting question. I would have to think about that. Um, Being your first convention might be kind of hard to judge, right? Yeah. 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 Coming alone, I think there was enough for me to do. I, I'm curious about people who bring families, how the... Uh, how the spouses and kids enjoy it. I, I, <laughs> my, my, my son's a little young to bring to one yet, but uh, I'm curious when, if, when he's old enough, whatever foreign conventions are in for Joe at that time, what he'll think about it and what he'll enjoy about it. Any, uh, any parting thoughts on uh, anybody on the fence about ever coming to a convention? Uh, I skipped a bunch that were right next to where I was living, and I really regret it now. Um, coming out, Meeting people from Joe Customs has been awesome. Everybody's been very welcoming. I feel like I really am part of the group. That's a great feeling. Meeting people who are already familiar with my work really make, really is validating for, you know, kind of the right. artist side of what we do. It's, you know, you get in a conversation with somebody and you say, oh, I'm Dan of the Dead. And Joe Customs are like, oh, I know your work. And you're like, wow, people in the world know what I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, no, it's just been great to meet people, come out and see all the different ways people kind of celebrate this toy line that we've been obsessed with for years now. All right. And there you have it, Dan of the Dead, live at uh, Loveland. See you next year. Wow, that was really cool. (laughs) (laughs) I think for somebody who's like a fan of the line and a fan of the property, and certainly a fan of customizing, going to your first Joe Con, oh, man. I mean, it's just, you. there's so much to take in. You really don't know where to start. Yeah, I wish I wish I could have, you know, go to a con with fresh eyes now. You know, I've done so many from, you know, both both sides of, of a table. And, I, yeah, to be able to experience it that way again would be great. It is kind of interesting. You, even, you know, you skip a couple of years or you don't go to one year and, and you go. And it's, at first it's like, wow, this is great. And, uh, you know, and then you end up seeing a lot of the same stuff you always do, but there's always new experiences to be had, new people to be met. I meet people that I know and I know their name and I know who they are. And I never actually talked to them. And uh, Joe Michaels, uh, Jeff is kind enough to introduce me to all these people that I know who they are and what they do. And, but I've never actually got a chance to converse with them. And I did that quite a bit this year. I met a lot of people. Some of the people like Darren Howlett, I traded with probably a million times, never met him in person, never talked to him. And it was cool to sit with him. And we were chit-chatting about Joe Customs from like way back in 99, 98, talking about names that I hadn't heard in years and different things. That's always a treat. So, you know, you do toy-wise, you see a lot of the same stuff. But every year you have a new experience, you meet new people. And that's what it ends up being about. Jeez, I sat with Darren at a, at the con dinner when they used to have the, you know, the formal sit down and waiters and stuff. And uh, at the San Francisco convention. Hey, Bucky. Hey, Jeff. What was it like meeting Dan of the Dead for real? It was uh, great. He's a really nice guy. He was very excited to be there. Uh, very excited to meet a lot of the people that he's known for years online. And I, I kind of felt it kind of felt like me when I first started hanging out at the JoeCon table and uh, some guy named Joe Michael 70 and uh, P-Love and, and, and Matt kind of showed me the ropes and introduced me to a lot of people. And I tried to do that for him. And I, I think he had an absolute great time. And he was talking with him. He was very excited when 
he was talking to random people that were coming up to the table and he would tell them who they were, that people actually know his work. And it's kind of like very satisfying to know that people actually pay attention and, and you're known like that. He's a very humble guy, super nice guy, great to hang out with, great to talk to, and he loves the site like we all do. You go to those shows and it's like, oh, you're that guy. Yeah, I've seen your work. You see the customs. That's the best part. You walk down the customs thing and it's like you've been to them so many times. You've seen all the work, but then seeing it in person, getting a firsthand glance at it always blows me away. I love seeing people's customs in person because, I mean, to be able to see them and handle them or whatever, it's just it's a night and day difference between, you know, seeing pictures online. You get a, you get a better sense of, of somebody's skill. Uh, for one, which is part of the reason I'm, you know, I'll show my stuff off, but I was like, eh, now all the flaws are visible. I can't hide them with careful posing and photography <laughs> this time. You know, you really get a sense of the, the skill and the, the attention to detail, seeing that stuff in person that just doesn't come through uh, in a picture online. Was there any news or any event or anything that really stuck out to you guys that like really blew you away you weren't expecting or you were expecting and really looking forward to? For me, I guess I was not really, but kind of looking forward to Master Collector losing the license. Not because I wanted there to be no more Jokons, but I was just ready for a change and, you know, to see what the future would hold. And when they revealed that they were going to, able to keep going for two more years it was this weird you know i guess this is cool but also i was kind of sad about it i don't know like i love doing the shows and master collector you know you, you know what you're getting at this point i mean they're they, they are what they are um complaining about the things they do poorly there doesn't really seem to be a whole lot of a reason to it anymore because it's it's the same stuff that they've always been crappy at for the most part you know and i'm glad they get to keep doing figures and stuff even if i don't always like what they they do they still do good stuff it was just i i had you know mentally it was you know i had i you know done my morning and now all of a sudden it's like oh no he's okay you know he made it through it's like oh (laughs) a movie day (laughs) how to react to this now so that was interesting it was like a comic book death like it didn't yeah, happen on the panel, except, except you didn't know for you didn't know with a hundred percent certainty that they were going to come back in six months. Surprise! <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's not like it's Wolverine, or it's like okay, yeah, when, when, you know, it's going to happen when. It's like no, this is more. This is more like uh, I don't even have a good. I don't have a good analogy. It was just it was it was it, it it caught me off guard. So I guess you know they they like their surprises. They got to get have a real a real good one this year. And then the, the, the Hasbro panel is always a treat, especially when there's there's product. I know a lot of people are kind of, you know, on the fence or, you know, maybe not blown away by this year's product. And I'm kind of in the same camp. There's some good stuff and there's some there's some stuff that's just, you know, I you know, I have all I need. So everybody enjoy your zombie vipers, but I'm I'm okay. You know, to see them actually investing in, in you know, significant new tooling, basically, you know, a head to toe new figure is really cool. I mean it's a little depressing that the line has gotten to the point where I'm excited about that, but it's still cool to see it. You know, I'm not blown away by everything that's coming out this year, but there's some really cool stuff, and I am excited for it to hit and fall. Yeah, I mean, this is like the, the first that we're seeing under Mark Weber's direction. For that part, that's really cool. Like, there is new product. There are new characters coming out. Yeah, that was that was big. 
Yeah, new characters is another big thing. I mean, I, I, and I'm surprised to some degree that one, they took a chance, and two, that, that Toys R Us let them take that chance on a new character. You'd think they just want, oh no, we just want the names that are going to sell. It's cool. And Weber, uh, he was he was great at the show. You know, our the Joe Customs table was almost right across from the Hasbro booth. You know, Bucky got a chance to talk with Mark quite a bit. We were having uh, just hanging out before the club dinner on Saturday. And Daryl the Priest came and sat down with us and talked for a while. That was really cool. You know, an opportunity to, you know, I mean, we didn't talk about even really Joe so much. It was just, you know, his toy collection and, and all that stuff. You know, what he's into and how we, how he collects, you know, which is which is always interesting to me, you know, just to, to get different people's perspectives on, on collecting and what's important to them and how they, you know, because he's got, he's got like every Joe thing ever. He was saying in one of the panels that a lot of the time, a lot when you see these commercials that use Joe figures, a lot of the time it's stuff from his collection because the stuff that Hasbro has has, you know, I guess he said it was stored in like some attic room or something and then the ceiling collapsed. So a lot of it got like wrecked. So when they need mint vintage stuff, it usually comes from Daryl's collection. <laughs> he's got like everything. And now he's, he's doing, you know, he's buying freaking hot toys, Batmobiles. And, you know, it's like you can get a real car for the price of the, this toy car and, you know, to that level, you know, he, he's got it. That's I like it. I, I like talking to him. He's got a real passion for the same stuff we do, but he also, you know, is in the biz. I'm always amazed. I always thought like Hasbro had like a physical Yojo archive, you know, on site that they just went back and oh, we need Stalker from '83. Somebody go get it, and they'd go down to the vault and you know pull it out. But apparently, it's not like that at all. Well, yeah, it sounds like they've got some of that stuff, but they're not like taking care of it. You know, it seems like it's just they don't have there isn't the emotional attachment that we have to that kind of stuff. It's just, oh, here's a product we made back in the eighties and it made money for us or it didn't or you know, you show up you show up to a new job and you know, you know, you look at the stuff the company has done in the past, you don't necessarily care. You're like, No, what are we doing today? You know, what's the next thing? So yeah, I don't I mean it's it's a little sad and I kinda hope that that attitude is changing somewhat just because yeah, you know, the idea that this stuff is just you know, even if they do have it, it's not being, you know, taken care of is, is sad to me. You know, it'd be nice to say if they had the same mentality. But well, I guess as long as they're doing, if, if they've got original art and if they've got pre-production materials, as long as they're taking care of those, I'm cool. There's, there's more than enough, you know, ARH Joes out in the world, but I don't think we have. It's not like it's an endangered species. Yeah, true. Aaron, what about you? What did you see at Con or heard at Con that really just kind of blew you away? I was lucky enough to get a golden ticket, so I got to do some of the things I've never been able to do, like go to the little um, meet and greet and whatnot. And, you elitist. Uh, yeah, <laughs> elitist. I, I got Illuminati right here, kid. Yeah. It was, I mean, I don't know if it was um, what it gets you, like in terms of the uh, exclusives and, and the, you know, three times the limit that that really didn't mean that much. It ended up paying off just to be able to get to talk to people like Mark Weber, for instance, I talked to him a lot over that weekend. And part of it was he was right across from the table and he kept recognizing me because I'd have short conversations with him, but the little dinner that they had, the meet and greet thing, and I got to pick his brain for a long time. And, and he was very upfront about everything. And he, he talked a lot about the marketing and the reasons behind certain things that a lot of people don't understand unless you, I guess, work in that field, maybe a lot of people get upset. Well, why can't they do this? And why can't they do that? And, and realistically, he breaks it down and he, he'll tell you why they can't. And he was a very interesting guy to talk to. And he was, he got me all pumped up for the, uh, 
Hasbro reveals. Um, and, the, you know, the, it was pretty cool to see some of that stuff. I, I'm not going to say I was let down when I saw it, but I, I think I, I got myself and uh, in my mind, I got really pumped up for it based off of what he was saying. But then I get, I have to remember that it's not just my idea of what G.I. Joe is and what it should be. It was everybody else's too. So they got to make everybody happy. Uh, like I could care less about zombie vipers. The coolest thing I thought that they have coming out is new characters to flesh out the line and the female trooper or just that female body. Basically, they could go a lot of different places with that. I thought that was really neat as well. But I think a lot of it is just being able to talk with a bunch of those people that you never dreamed you'd be able to talk to. I think that was that was probably it. Otherwise, the sales floor is about the same. Every year I go looking for certain things and I can never find them or they're they're already bought before I get there. And so that was my experience. Oh yeah, the sales floor. It's like there's so much to take in. You're like, well, I'll do a lap first. Oh, I'll come back to that. No, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Unless it's common or you have to dig for it, it's gone. Panorama Dreams. Yeah, uh, that's a separate story in and of itself. I think. Okay. I would say that on the floor, I think Marauder probably blew it all away. I mean, you know how we've talked in the past that going to his website, you get a little overwhelmed with all the possibilities. Here, every single one was just sitting there in front of you, and it was just as overwhelming. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God, there's so much going on here. So that was pretty fantastic, actually. I hope he did really well, and I hope he continues to come to cons, because <laughs> I think his booth probably had more action than all the rest of them put together. Did you buy anything? Uh, as a matter of fact, I did not. <laughs> But the reason I didn't was because I was always, like, 20th in line. And by the time I got around to getting my sheet ready and stuff like that, I was just like, <laughs> it was like 5 to, you know, 5 to 5, whatever. I was like, just figured I'd go back onto the website and get it. Or wait for my Kickstarter stuff to show up and go from there. I will say that uh, he was pretty cool sponsoring the Gary Goggles Mini 118 stand-up scavenger hunt. That was such a cool thing. I know Joel wants one of the little stand-ups, too. <laughs> yeah, a few people do. Yeah, so I, I went up, and I was just introduced myself, and he <clears throat> he remembered me, and he was like, oh, do you need prizes? And I was like, uh, well, thanks for the offer, but uh, no, in this case, we just want to hide this guy here at your booth, and if somebody finds him, we're going to do a scavenger hunt, send him back to our booth, because John donated a hack skeleton if someone shows up with it. Well, then the next day, it went over so well, and we actually had quite a few people you know, talk about it and whatnot. So the next day it worked out so well, I asked Marauder if I went and hit it somewhere else in the, in the, on the sales floor, if he'd be willing to put up a, a prize for it. And he was like, yeah, you bet. Any pick of the litter of the convention exclusives. And that was like, that's some straight up cool right there. Yeah, that, that was really awesome. Spur of the moment, totally unexpected. We didn't really have anything planned for that. That, that worked out so well. Marauder Gunrunners. Proud sponsor of JoeCustoms.com. Right? A hell of a nice guy. Any of the boss fight or Alyosha stuff, did any of that catch your guy's eye? The Western stuff is really exciting. It's a new company, so that's a little, you know, I'm, I'm always wary of, of Kickstarters and stuff like that from, from unproven people. Nobody's, you know, like, I haven't heard of anybody on, on an action figure Kickstarter getting ripped off but i know it happens on other kickstarters and toy production is a difficult thing to do as we saw with all the, the struggles that marauder and boss fight went through and they've been doing it for however long you know and all of a sudden you know you're making figures and it just the, the level of difficulty just ramps up 
So the idea of somebody just jumping feet first into that is a little, I'm a little apprehensive about that, but in terms of what they're showing, the product looks really good. So if they can, if they can pull it off, yeah, I'm, I'm all about that stuff. I mean, it's just shy of, of civilians in a lot of cases and they just look like solid figures. So I'm, I'm jazzed about that. And the new stuff Marauders got cooking looks really awesome too. Yeah, that's uh, chicken fried toys and the, what's now being called the Dime Store Novel Legends or something like that. Yeah, and I have to agree. I mean, part of me is like a little bit jealous because it, it looks good. And, you know, I wish I could make a toy line of stuff I wanted, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I think there's a little apprehension. <laughs> there's no way to sugarcoat that. If they can do what they're talking about, and I know they are going to run into every problem that the professional toy designers have run into. Like, I just know it. It, It's going to take them two years to get that thing out. But once they get it out, if it looks anything like what they've been showing off, that's going to be fantastic. Well, that's the other thing that, I mean, and I don't want to be a jerk or anything about it, and I'm, I'm kind of hoping that there are enough other people willing to take the shot that I can wait to see product makes it into reality before I buy, rather than rather than going in. I mean, boss fights a known quantity. I knew they were going to deliver, even though it took longer and, and all that stuff. But this is, you know, I don't know any of these people. I'm, you know, it's it's a whole new thing. You know, I, I want to support it, but my gut says I need to wait until there's physical product. You know, even if I have to pay a little bit more, just to, to wait until it, it exists before I before I throw money at it. I'll have to see the Kickstarter and, like, you know, what, what gives me the most bang for the buck. Well, yeah, that will be a factor, too. I mean, I'm kind of feeling the same way about the Eagle Force Kickstarter whenever that, you know, happens. I'm liking the designs, you know, whether the hard copy of Captain Eagle or... Is that his name? Anyway. Yeah. The the hard copy looks really good, but it's going to, for me, it's going to come down to how the, you know, what the, the Kickstarter structure breaks down to be and whether it's worth my, my money. Yeah. The Marauder stuff, the dog with the articulation and an exosuit that plugs into all those little ports and stuff on the figures. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, those are cool. Those are cool. And he's, he's got, he's, he's got other weapons assortment coming. So, yeah, I, I, John, you know, I should have spent more at his booth than I did over the weekend. But, uh, no, I'm really excited for what he's got coming. Browsing around here, apparently they released the pricing structure for Eagle Force. Oh. Uh, all in is 450 bucks. Oh. For oh. 25 figures. So that works out to 18 bucks a figure, which is a $2 discount from what they're going to be charging. Perfect. Still, so, that's not bad. It's not bad. There's too many army builders in the first, in, the, in that, in that group, though. It's a bit of a bummer. Yeah, they needed it to make use of the molds and stuff. I get that. Yeah, but I, I I understand it. I don't like it. <laughs> Going back to the female trooper, I, I think I've I've said this other places, but uh, it's all right for the female trooper. But I like that we have essentially female t-shirt torso. Yeah. Um, well, some... I I think I think the female trooper. I mean, it's something that people have wanted a lot. You know, for a long time, and I'm glad they're they're doing it. Well, female officer, technically, but I think they were just, you know, it's like, okay, well, if we do, they wanted. I think they just wanted something they could get multiple uses out of right away, because it's the, you know, the the torso and arms are are shared with shooter, and then shooter's got new legs and a head. They were just like, oh yeah, let's let's 
you know, if we're going to invest in tooling, let's make sure we can get our money's worth right away. And it sounds like even the club may be using, I don't know, I hope they will, but they're, they're doing a female trooper three pack. And I'm hoping it's using the same build just with a masked head. That's the one on the street. I think there was. Yeah, that's what they, that's what they implied, you know, until I see it, who knows, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was said that they would, but yeah, you're right. I think with that female torso that, you know, if they invest in, or I guess they could use older web gear, but if they invest in new web gear too, you could redo a lot of the, uh, badly proportioned females from the 25th era line with that torso and some new web gear and maybe get your money out of it that way as well. Well, yeah, it could work. It could that's work. an investment. For Scarlet, and it would be much better than the crappy 25th one. Oh, yeah. Jeff? Uh, no, I mean, I like the I like the fact they're doing some female figures on this last one. That shooter figure is going to be a nice, I think it's going to be a decent figure to own, and I'm glad they're doing it. Again, I'm I'm not really a completist or a you know full-on collector anymore, so some of the stuff doesn't doesn't matter to me. I guess might be a way to put it. So that kind of stuff was lost on me more than I think it excited everyone else. You know what I'm saying? It was probably inverse proportional. Like the more somebody got excited about something, the more I was kind of like, eh. Typical Joe fan. I know. Hey. I liked Hasbro's panel. I think that they do a bang up job doing their presentation and. Uh, it was really, actually, another one of my favorite moments about this convention was, uh, you know, they didn't know until like two weeks ahead of time that this wasn't going to be the last one either. And it seems like their their slideshow kind of could have gone either way, like it could have been a best of show, you know, like a clip show at the end. Daryl was talking about the things that he enjoyed at these conventions. And the first thing he mentioned was he enjoyed seeing the customs. And, you know, he had some pictures up and stuff like that. And then as it went on, he was, you know, doing some name drops about the, what's that cosplay group? That, the Finest. The Finest, yeah. He, like, called them out by name and uh, some other things. Anyway, so fast forward to the end of the night, and we're all sitting around having some drinks and snacks uh, after the show closed but before the dinner. And uh, Daryl came up and actually sat with a bunch of us. And we, you know, we're just kind of chewing the fat. He apologized for not calling out Joe Customs by name when he was talking about Customs in his presentation. He said he meant to do it, and it slipped, it or, you know, whatever. You know how it is. But uh, I thought that was really cool that, that he was going to call us out by name or at least told us at the table that he in, had intended to do that. Oh, that is really cool. I mean, would have never expected to have it called out, but that's really awesome. Yeah, I can't remember. Is the picture that he used in his slideshow, was that of our table or any of our customs? Or no, was it just... I think it might have been uh, the club plays. The yeah. contest? The contest, yeah. But uh, I'm not going on that. Besides Mark Weber and Darren, were there any other people, any guests that you guys interacted with? No. Most of the guys. I don't think I talked to any no. of the guests. I, I didn't talk to Hama or any voice. I don't even know what who the voice actors were. I paid no attention to it this year. I, I don't, I think he had to cancel the last minute. Oh, well, that would make sense. <laughs> I did meet that guy with the crazy Australian accent. I don't know who that is, but he's a pretty funny guy. But he's nobody. <laughs> I don't, he's a collector or a fan. I don't know, but I always hear about him. And, and he was a, he was an interesting fellow. <laughs> I love, I love that. I met that Australian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I have no idea. He's in one of the sound clips. I don't know if it came through or not. Uh, Simon Plack. Oh, yeah, yeah, Simon. 
<laughs> Honey Sneak. <laughs> Sneak, yes. John, plug in the clip of Honey Sneak from last year. Sneak. Wait, you say it, robot. It's just a head on a stick. Oh, man. I love that clip. You know that son of a... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Hi, Simon. Is that it? That was it. <laughs> I was, was going to say more, but then I realized that I don't think he likes me. What? I don't think he has anything against you, sir. Hey, tell me if you, uh, hold on a second. Tell me if you can hear this. Hey, Michael 70, take me to bed or lose me forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well played, Simon. <laughs> yeah, I think he likes you. <laughs> I'd say he's a pretty big fan. <laughs> That's all staying in all of it. Hopefully they have podcasts over in Australia. Dude, they don't even have computers there. They have communal phones. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody stole the receiver. <laughs> Speaking of the Joe Customs guys and the Joe Customs table and stuff, how was it? From running the table perspective, how is the show from that perspective? It felt light in terms of foot traffic, but that's kind of been the case for the last couple of years. I guess I can't say if it was more or less people than than last year. We it definitely felt like we got fewer walk-ins on the on Saturday and Sunday than than you usually get. It was mostly the same, you know, the same group of people, you know, wandering by throughout the weekend. It was nice to, I mean, you know, there was a few people from, from Joe Customs who hadn't made it to cons before who were there, uh, so it was nice to meet meet those guys. Dan the Dad, and uh, I think Rogue Tiger was there, Crimson Jackal, I'm going to make a name for myself, not remembering everybody who showed up, but, but yeah, it was just cool to, cool to meet people that, that you haven't had a chance to meet before. That's always the, that's the nice thing about having the table, is it's the home for all the, the Joe Customs people who make it, you know? Yeah. Well, like, I guess I'd be the opposite of Matt in, in my experience because I spent more time at the table this year than I usually do. In, in the past, when I met the table, it's, you know, a little bit here or there. And I, I see, you know, people stop by and whatnot. I spent a lot more time this year. So to me, it felt like there were a lot more people there than usual. But that might be the norm. I, a lot of people stop by and they comment and they ask how certain things were done. Uh, we always get people asking if they could buy stuff. Uh, and then people that just want to talk about it or getting started and and they always pick up copies of the field man being right across from hasbro i thought was really beneficial because everybody would walk by our table to get to that glass booth after they put the figures up and everybody at our table while they're waiting to stand in line and talk to mark weber or dale the priest would be taking a gander at our stuff so it, was, it was a good spot i think for us so for me, a little bit different experience just because I was there a lot more than I usually am. Daryl came up, went over each one of the customs again, you know, studying without, you know, saying too much. But it was cool to see him get up close and personal. I, I know you sent the picture. of That's really humbling <laughs> when the Hasbro executive is looking at the customs that you've made of the Hasbro property, you know. Yeah, they come. Daryl comes by every every year when he's at the show, and it's it's always really cool that he's he's interested in checking it out. He didn't take a good long look at the table this year, but Kirk Bozigian came by. I know last last year he was really excited about the field manual, so we got him the stuff you know that we had added to it this year from Assembly Required, and it was cool because I had done uh, a custom of one of the 
the the Super Joes or whatever the X Joes. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That you know, Bozigian had pitched and never really got anywhere. So I, you know, I grabbed him and pulled him over and was like, "Hey, check, you know, I made I made this, you know, this custom of, of your concept. I love all those." And he's, you know, he like now I got to figure out what he was referring to because he said his favorite one was Saber. I don't know who Saber is. If there is, you know, it's either a name for one of the ones that already exists that just hasn't been attached to it, or there's another one out there that I haven't seen. So now I want to make Saber if I can ever figure out who he is. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> well, I think the highlight for me behind the table was Dan of the Dead. It was so awesome to meet him in person. And uh, what's more is that, you know how it is with all the new guys. You know, all the guys that have been around all the convention are all like, oh, you're new here. Sit down. People are going to love you. And then walk and then just leave. Or at least that's what I do. <laughs> well, in this case, it actually worked out. I introduced Dan of the Dead to all the Joe Customs people that came by, pointed out to folks that all of the handbook pages that were laying on the table were all Dan of the Dead's work. I walked away and let Dan of the Dead take the table, came back, I don't know, Joe Michael's time later, and Dan was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think we're all very familiar with jam 70 time and so i came back and i was all like oh dude sorry about that you know i had to go check and make sure nobody fell over in the futurama display and he was like no that, it was really cool people came up and were like oh i know your work and all this kind of stuff going back you know dan of death's been there since jesus was a boy so everybody knew him from wherever and i think he honestly legitimately had a good time standing behind the table talking to folks so that was probably my favorite behind-the-table moment. Was there anything we had on display that seemed to catch people's attention more than in years past? Everybody loves Aaron's uh, Butcher Billy. They don't necessarily catch him right away, but once they do, they're just like, oh! I, I got to imagine in that crowd of customs, you know, he's got the subdued colors and stuff. You yeah. Know? You're going to hit everything that's eye-catching or favorite character, and then you kind of go back through and it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, no, when, when people notice him, though, they're just like, oh, man, it's it's him, you know. It was really cool to have the preview wave or whatever you guys are calling it of, of the, the, you know, the Mission Brazil Resurgence 3 stuff. That was really cool to have at the booth. Yeah, I can't really think of anything that was a standout for a ton of, you know, like everybody would say, oh, man. But everybody always has their favorites. You know, each person that comes by, there's, there's always something that jumps out for them. And that's that's what I like is it's never no, nobody ever. It's not there isn't one custom that everybody's like, man, that's the one. It's everybody sees something and that's their favorite. Somebody wanted to buy Bucky's Hot Shot. I'm trying to think what else we had to tell people. No, we can't sell you. <laughs> There's always a bunch of those, but yeah, Eight I don't know. trillion I like dollars. Yes. <laughs> I just like that it's not, there isn't ever like a runaway favorite. It's everybody's got their own favorite. Yeah. I don't, I didn't catch the guy's name, but I ended up talking with a guy for like 30 minutes. Actually, it was about that Bill the Butcher custom because I thought I was the only person that liked that movie. And then we sat there and just talked about it for 30 minutes. That was interesting. But the ones that I, I notice always get a reaction when I'm standing there are the boat, the devil. The devilfish boat that's all shot up and burned up. Yes, um, everybody has, likes that. Everybody loves that, and everybody loves that joust. And I that I think it's from an Atari game. Yeah, that's mine. Every yeah, everybody comments on that. And I I don't know the source. I, I don't know the source material that well. You don't know joust? No, I I think my my video game started with Nintendo, not Atari. So I, I'm not familiar with it. But everybody comes by and they're like, is that? Is that Joust? And then somebody else will say yes, and then they're like, oh my god, they, everybody wants to see it. That's the one that I always 
so you get reaction is, is the joust one. Yeah, well, the joust one is, a, is definitely a popular custom, no doubt. That's crazy. That, that's just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Somebody did uh, comment on the wheels of that moon buggy again this year, <laughs> saying, yeah, I thought that was a milk cap. It really is. It's like the weirder something is, like the more obscure stuff, it always seems... Wait a minute. Somebody made a custom of something that nobody's making? That's awesome. <laughs> Speaking of the custom, how is your trifecta? Uh, not quite as successful. I did not, uh, did not take home the Triple Crown this year. Now, that being said, what actually happened with that was much more important to me than winning a prize from the club. What happened? So the day after setup must have been Saturday morning. I went to hang out, you know, and do a security sweep in the front of the hotel. And Pat Kelly from Diorama Dreams was out there and uh, with his wife, Colleen. And we were just kind of shooting the bull, you know, early morning stuff, getting ready to start the day. And somehow we got to talking about shipping. And I had said how I had shipped the base for my diorama out to Colorado and it showed up like somebody broke it over their knee. And then what that went into, you know, like we probably talked for a half hour on some of the ex experiences that he's had shipping things around the States. And man, he's got some stories, that's for sure. But then he was like, oh, so you got a, a diorama in the contest? And I was like, yep. And he was like, well, which one? And I was like, well, which one do you think is mine? And he said, is it the Futurama one? And I was like, it is. And dude got up off the, the bench and came over and gave me a huge hug. He was like, you know, I walked in there. My eyes went immediately to it. I went right over to it, studied it from every angle, tried to figure out what you had going on. He was stumped by the by the ship and couldn't figure out the ship. Anyway, he told me that that, that was his favorite. Now, maybe, obviously, he was saying that because I was standing right there. But the way he got animated about it and talked about it, like, you know, obviously he wasn't just blowing smoke. That, as far as I was concerned, that was the biggest award I could have won all weekend. And then I, well, I did spend more quality time with him over the over the course of the convention but that was the that was the conversation that really like shut my mouth and i didn't you know how do you meet your hero and have your hero enjoy your work and give you some props it was pretty awesome my my pat kelly story for the weekend was because of course they did there wasn't enough tables for everybody to sit at at the Saturday night dinner when the food was being served. So we ended up having to like go all the way down this long hallway and just like we're sitting almost in the hotel lobby eating our, our food for the con dinner. But Pat and his wife had taken over the club's info booth and were just sitting in there eating their eating their, their dinner, which was amazing. That is pretty funny. I remember that. Yeah, their food bunker. So on the custom contest entries Rage and Spoon won with his, uh, the three and three quarter inch figures. He won with his Baron Iron Blood. And then second place was, uh, the Royal Guard, the Cobra Law Royal Guard. And third place was none other than Matt with his IG Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Yay! This is true. That's cool to win two years in a row at Jokon. That is pretty nifty. Pleased threw him in there again. It's I wasn't you know like last year. It was just something I'm like, well, I've got all these customs with me. I should really enter something. And obviously, I'm gonna enter whatever I think has the best shot. But I still didn't think I had a shot. And there was some some customs out there that I feel were way way better than than that figure. I think part of what got me in there was that it was a custom version of a club figure. 
I think that may have won me some points. Regardless of the reasons that I, I you know, may or may not have gotten the, the prize, it's still really cool to be wrecking. I mean, it's a great custom, don't get me wrong. But yeah, I think some timeliness, the fact that it was, you know, coincided with the convention cover with Baroness's crying over Piper's, you know, uh, grave and stuff. I And that it did touch on one of their popular figure, by the way, by the club. So I, I think it, it hit on all strides, and that's sometimes what it takes. The hot hand. <laughs> and then the, the what? The hot hand. What does that mean? You know, when it just hits at the right time and it's got everything going for it. It's a poker reference. I know you're oh, not. You're not. That's used why to... I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not used to that coming from me. <laughs> yeah, even even I was able to pick up on that eventually, and I never played poker ever. <laughs> yeah, I suck at poker. <laughs> uh, and then Diana. One with uh, her game of Duke and beautiful. Wait, thing. Which one? Her Viking Duke or whatever. I I've been calling it game of Duke. Yeah, it's like a Scottish. He's got a kilt, twelve inch Duke. And then Kobe had placed with uh, his red, white, and boom tank. An awesome, awesome vehicle. What persuader? Uh, it's a bun- It's a typical Kobe Mash-up. thing where it's just a bunch of stuff bashed together. Yeah. I'll, I'll, um, I think it's mostly Persuader. I'll There's put, a Persuader in there. Uh, oh, yeah, and it had the vehicle coming off the back with the big old jet blast and stuff. We'll get picks up in the show notes. Yojo's got pics of all the custom stuff, by the way. Glad somebody does. <laughs> Matt, you forget which website you work for? I'm just saying, if no, you need them. We, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> The FSS five did anything from that strike you guys? There are a lot of names that excite me, but I can't get excited until I see what they do. Because there was a lot of names in FSS four that I was excited about, and I didn't actually end up buying anything from that. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. If they can pull off a good raptor, I'm excited about that. I'm sure Scoop will be fine. There's a majority in there that I'm I'm into. I'll I'll pick it up. But it's got to be a, a solid majority. Let's see, I'm um, on I'm on generals, Joe's. Let's see, ambush, charbroil. I feel like they can do him good. Yeah, charbroil. Who gives a crap? Yeah, that's that's really weird. Of Dark... all the characters to have what now three different modern era versions. That's insane. Darklon, an update to the to the club version. I like I like the club version. I was lucky enough to to be at the show and actually you know get one after they you know ran out and shipped it to me. But I don't, you know, we'll have to see what they do with the new one. General flag based on the second Battle Corps version could be good. Yeah, that I'm. I, I have no idea how they're gonna do that build. That's the one I'm looking forward to the most, and I have no idea how they're gonna do that. I wonder if they'll try and get more use out of that that fur collar they they paid for for Arctic Mindbender. Ugh, that would be horrible. Well, don't say I didn't tell you. <laughs> I'm hoping they try to use a. Uh, General Mayhem, you know, how he has that just suit and stuff. Right. But we'll see. But I think you're right. They're going to go with a fur collar. Could go with, like, Frostbite, too. Yeah. I, I would rather that they did, rather than the Battlecore version, I would rather they just did, you know, the original General Flag, just dress uniform. Yeah. They could pull that off with the General Mayhem coat and existing parts pretty well, I think. The Battlecore Cobra Viper, based on the Iron Anvil. 
I hope they tweak the recipe a little bit, but I have a, I do have a soft spot for that figure. Yeah. Um, and it's it's nice that it's not a character that I, or a version that I care to army build. I can just make them into an individual. But it's a it's a version I'm happy to get. Yeah, they have the head sculpt. Seeing it in purple and red, reddish orange, you know that that'll be interesting. I'm curious how close you know if they go vibrant with it or they try to tone it down. Salvo, I think we've seen a ton of customs, so we know the parts are out there. Yeah, I think they could do a good job with him. The tough thing there is the gear. He's uh, one of those characters that's so defined by his, you know, accessories that yeah. they. I feel like they need to. I don't. I hope they invest in some tooling. I mean, the vintage ones are out there. I can just go get a set of that. But it's you know, it's like when you when they did you know, they did Metalhead. He didn't have you know he had a reasonable approximation, but it just wasn't the same. Or, Trying to think, uh, the, the heavy duty that's coming out, it's like, okay, yeah, cool, they're doing a new heavy duty, but I associate that version of heavy duty with his, you know, ridiculous shielded guns and yeah, whatever the yeah, his, you know, I don't even know how to describe that thing. Yeah, that <laughs> thing. <laughs> you know? I I got a feeling they're just gonna go with that, you know, spring loaded RPG that came with, you know, Red Star and call it good. Big Bear, not Red Star. Sorry. Yeah, probably. Which I mean, I guess that's okay. Which originally came with ETC's though, so you know. Yeah, so it kind of, I could see their logic in using that one. Yeah, and that's fine. I'll just go get a set of vintage accessories and repaint them and mod them as necessary. I can, I can do that. Scoop, which you talked about, and it's supposed to use the helmet from the Sky Patrol Airborne. Yep, that'll be fun, or could be fun. And again, he's he's borderline because unless they go to the trouble of you know reproducing some of his vintage accessories. How much? How how much can he really be scooped? You know, without any kind of camera, unless they unless they just give him the freaking mass device set camera, which would be dumb. I would expect the mass device camera. <laughs> Probably. Again, I'll go get vintage accessories. I've got Chatmay ones or whatever in my fodder bin. It's still one of those. You know, it's like, eh, go the little extra mile, guys. Just give my smartphone. Well, you know, they they could have. If they had thought ahead and then done the, the helmet, the sculpt the right way, they could have given him a GoPro like uh, Skytreeper has, and it all would have worked out. Raptor, which I have, like, they could go straight up vintage and try to cobble all that together, give him that winged backpack that a lot of the figures from the set had. I don't want that winged backpack again. I don't. I know, but expect At least that's not the one, the cloth one. If they want to use the one from, if they want to go with like a Pursuit of Cobra style version and give him the ROC Ripcord Pursuit of Cobra skydive jetpack that already kind of looks like wings, okay, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, I could see them doing like the Jungle Viper piece, but then too. they would, I think, maybe tool up two new things to go on the top so it doesn't look like, you know, how it had those little pieces that hung down. Maybe yeah, two different to attach to that. I would hope they would at least tweak the, the backpack mold, too, to get rid of the top peg. Yeah, that wouldn't make much sense. I could see that working. I'm just trying to figure out how they cheap out and, and go the lightest route. That's why. They just released Pursuit of Cobra Desert Zartan again. That's yeah, with a new head. Is this Raptor? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to do what I want, you know, redo a whole entire backpack and wings, but all the feathers are shaped like little handprints, like you made, like, a Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> They're not going to do that, so you know. I, I have a feeling it's gonna it's gonna be a mix of what you guys are talking about. He's been a character, and I've I've, I've got I, I've sketched up a bunch of designs. He's been on my customizing list for a long time, and I just haven't pulled the trigger. So part of me wants this figure to be good enough that I can I can just 
set that aside and part of me wants it to be bad enough that I actually have to go ahead and do it. And then sneak peek is just going to be essentially the, you know, the repaint. They say they might change up the vest, but, uh... The thing with all of these characters is if I don't like their versions, it's not like I can't customize them, but if they want to give me a version that I can just go out and buy that I like, I'm happy to do that. I like customizing, but I've got enough stuff on my plate in that department that if somebody else wants to help me knock some stuff off that list, I'm cool with it. Steel Raven based on the female Scar Infantry Officer? Yeah, I don't know. I love the character, but man, I just don't see how they're going to be able to do it justice. I think that's one of those you're going to have to wait and see what it looks like. Now, here's the oddball. The Shattered Glass Zaymot. <laughs> which yeah, is The Shattered Glass came from the club newsletter comic, in which Zaymot was looking in a mirror because Tomax is no longer around. So yeah. it's supposed to be more Sunbow, you know, based, shown with the suit and tie, like like they're leading extensive enterprises. <laughs> so I think this is their way of sneaking in, but I, making it shattered glass, who the fuck <laughs> knows what that's going to be. Yeah, I don't, I mean, if they go with that design, they were very careful to mention that during the, the presentation that it looked like the Sunbow version, because I think people were, they were wary about people, you know, being concerned. I don't really care about a Sunbow, the modern Tomax. It doesn't, it, you know, I just don't know what I would do with it. It's just really weird to have it just be Zaymont without Tomax. I mean, well, there's your 13th. Or next year. Yeah. Now that they know they're getting it's just, it's a weird, it, it's really weird that it's just one of the Crimson Twins. And the last was Action Force Z Force Groucho, based Zed on Lord. Groucho. I was, I was reminded that it is Z Force because it's, you know, the British thing. Oh, yeah. Z Force. Uh, and it's based on the 50. Like better. That's, well, that's the only reason I bothered correcting you is because I, once I found out that it was that, I'm like, I like that much better. So, Z Force? Yes. I, we all know what we're going to get there. Yeah. So. But any chance they can re-release that gung-ho, I, I don't care how many times they have to repaint it, I'm fine with it. You know, I actually, and I'll, I'll change my tune when I run out, but I, I have, I was lucky enough that I have enough gung-hos. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, not going to. That got brought up to, to Mark Weber and Daryl the Priest. I don't know if it was in the panel meeting or when we were standing there talking to him one time, and and I don't know if they were being 100% sincere when they acted like they were just shocked that it was such a hard figure to find or that a lot of people just never even found it. They said it shipped in the same quantity as everything else or something no, like that. It, yeah, that's wrong. Well, it shipped in the same, the number of cases that had gung-hos was the same as everything else, but there was still one fewer gung-ho set in every case than every other set, Yeah, uh, except for the crotch mask. They just not have known. Yeah, and I think Daryl actually took the blame for that case pack out. Yeah, I guess I feel like they probably could have gotten away with, with two gung-ho packs and just one of the Steel Brigade Iron Grenadier. But that's me. I mean, I get that one. That's the Army Builder. I don't know if you needed two shipwreck Cobra Commanders. You know, more fodder. Yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my jam for fodder. Yeah. They don't use that torso for the uh, Tattered Class Zaymod. I'll be astonished. Which one? Ultimate Cobra Commander. Cobra, yeah. I'm wondering if they're just going to, you know, use the whole suited figure Destro. Again? Yeah, they could do that, too. The same one they used for, with Joel Colton, too. Yeah, in the same colors again. <laughs> Maybe khakis. <laughs> totally different. 
totally different in khakis. The only other Jokan news we haven't really touched on at all is next year that it's going to be in Walt Disney World. You guys have any plans on going there next year? Just no. me. Well, Lucky, you go first. No, I don't. I don't foresee myself being there. It's just there's direct flights out of one of the cities that's pretty close to me, and they're not that expensive. But I just don't feel like I can tell my family that, hey, I'm going down to Walt Disney World for G.I. Joe and not for Disneyland and not take them and not feel guilty about it. And, and then that would, you know, if I did bring them, cool, but it also raises the price by, I'm sure, like at least a couple thousand dollars. I've got other plans for next year. I probably won't be there. Not that it's a bad location. I think it's probably a really, really fun for everybody, but uh, I can't justify it. I'm thinking maybe, but I don't honestly know yet. For me, the the fact that it's at Disney has no additional appeal. I don't. I'm not into Disney. I don't have kids, or, or my wife doesn't give a crap at all about Disney. That's not like added incentive for me. If anything, it's disincentive just because now I have to deal with Disney. And it'll be weird because it sounds like a lot of people that I know when they are going are going to bring the family. So I'll be the odd man out. I'll be the only one there without without kids and wife in tow. But I always have a good time. You know, every year I say this is the last one. And every year I go the next year. Every year I have a good time. And the last Disney con I didn't go to, the exclusives from that year are now like, crazy expensive so (laughs) (laughs) that's a factor too so i'd like to but i'm not you know i'm not 100 percent one way or the other right now the other big thing in in their favor uh with this one and i think it is going to help them i'll be curious to see the attendance i mean the location is added incentive and they announced it a year in advance yeah which is great because like for a Florida con, it's it's far enough away where normally, you know, if they had announced it in November or something, I'd probably have been like, nope, not going to go. But since I've got a whole year to, to, you know, to think on it and plan and save and whatever, it's a lot more likely that I'm going to pull the trigger. I, I want to go. I do. It's just a matter of, you know, we're, we're moving here and I've got to be better about not spending money on stupid crap. <laughs> Let me know when you figure that out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. The big thing for me is going to be I got to find somebody to, to room with because I don't want to pay the full price. But I'm sure there'll be people there. Armijo is, is a maybe. So I could. If anybody's looking for a roommate, is looking for a cuddle buddy, and is willing to be the small spoon. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to put that out this early. But... <laughs> Mysterious stranger said he's going, but he's going to go with his, with his wife. So. All right, I'm going to pause here. We'll get Jeremy on. The Joe Customs Podcast will be right back after a short break. The Full Force is a fan cast about the world of Action Force and G.I. Joe. A spin-off of the What's on Joe Mind podcast, join Dave, Eddie, Justin and Chris as they badly yet hilariously navigate their way through the news, figure reviews, from the vault, boss fight builds and many more segments over each episode. I promise you will be entertained. And now, back to the Joe Customs Podcast. This is Jeremy, a.k.a. Silent Master. Hey! Nice to have you on. (laughs) What's up? Not much. Just trying to get through this. Yeah, painfully. (laughs) All right, what do you want to know? Well, coming into Joe Con, like I said, everybody, we all thought it was going to be the last one, you know, fun pubs, you know, but... Everybody, you know, Fun Pub's out, someone new, what's on the horizon, blah, blah, blah. Like, Tell me more. <laughs> what was your reaction to that news? I was honestly, I was annoyed. 
I think might be the first impression I had just because it had been played up and played with for months leading up to it. And I, I don't know, I guess I'm all right. But the fact is, is that they, I'm, I'm glad that fun pub has two more years with it. And I'm glad there is going to be a club and it'll be offerings for the next couple of years or whatnot. I don't know. I kind of went into this one, like it was the last one. And after feeling that way for so long to find out it wasn't the last one, I was like, it was just kind of disorienting. And then when they brought up the fact that the next year is going to be in Orlando, I was like, oh, I'm out. So now that being said, I'm only out for Orlando. And if there is truly only two more, We'll see where that one after that is, and maybe I'll make my way back to it. But I'm not interested in going to Florida. It's expensive enough to go to these conventions. Yeah, true. What about you, Jeremy? Are you interested in next year? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go to Orlando. My, uh, I'm in South Carolina now. Uh, I'll drive down to Jacksonville the night before, stay the night with some friends, and then it's another two-hour drive, down, two to an half-hour drive down to uh, Orlando, down to Kissimmee, where everything is, and. The other thing is, or I can, I don't even have to stay at the hotel if I don't want to. I can drive over to Lakeland, Florida and stay at my aunt's if I wanted to. So, yeah. I mean, I'll probably end up staying at the hotel, but I may end up dropping in and seeing my aunt and stuff and hang out with her and have a few beers. <laughs> hang out with them, you know, get some, get some free food, you know, the usual. Besides so, the, like, the club news, was there anything that you saw or heard or any people that you met that really stuck out to you? Uh, yeah, well, it's uh, a few people I met last year in Springfield. It's actually their first con. Yes, I met several people. Loveland was their first con. One guy, he was from Colorado, a uh, nice guy, you know, he fellow collector and stuff. But I talked to him uh, off and on throughout the week. I met him in line waiting to get, uh, you know, waiting to get our, uh, our bag, our box set. Sat with him and had a couple panels and talked to him throughout the con. Uh, his name is, he's like myself, disabled veteran. Last year he was walk, barely able to walk around. He's walking with a uh, an actual walker. This year he was actually able to move around. Uh, I think he came around the table a couple times. The day I was getting ready to leave, and that he was going to supposed to ride to the uh, airport with us, but then he got a later. But then he was going to have to wait in the airport like 19 hours until his flight. Getting in and out of from the airport to the airport from the convention and stuff, we knew that was going to be a problem coming into it. Yeah, interesting. Hold on. Sorry, Jeff. Let, let's get as much as we can from Jeremy and let him get off this call. Uh, <laughs> now you guys, I can listen in. All right. Well, like, what was your impression on, like, the FSS5, Jeremy? Some of it I was uh, pleased with. Some of it I'm like, meh. I mean, I'll still get it just because I like, you know, the FS, I saw my FSS4 card and set in your head if you opened any of them. FSS3, about the same way. Two, I only opened a few of them, and then one, I opened all of those. So it's, I moved earlier this year, so... What about any of the, the Kickstarter things, you know, that uh, Alyosha was showing off, some of the boss fight stuff with Marauder and uh, the Legends of the West or Dime Store novel stuff? There's some good stuff in there. There's some stuff I'm like, <laughs> it, it, it'll probably just stay on the card. What were your impressions of some of the Kickstarter things that were showing off? Eagle Force and Marauder stuff, Jeremy? He's taking the silent approach. No, I was talking the whole time. Oh, Jesus. It like, uh, <laughs> No, the, the call dropped off again. <laughs> I'm sitting here and uh, I'm like, yeah, this is Aaron left. <laughs> no left. Right. Like, when so. I play, uh, like when I play GTA 5 with everybody. <laughs> yeah. Now, FSS5, I, there's some pieces I like, some pieces I'll probably just, I'll get it, just to be a completionist, and then uh, they'll probably just stay on the card. What was your impression of any of the Kickstarters? The, some of the Eagle Force or Marauders? Um, the Eagle Force is nice. I didn't get in on it. Uh, I might pick a couple of the figures up just to 
just to support it a little bit. But the other one they had, the the Western one, I kind of like the premise of that. I like the set, you know, the bartender and hopefully some beer wenches and just the, the dial stuff would be perfect. You know, the beer kegs, wear kegs or whatever he was talking about doing, just the, the, some of the, the accessories with the figure. And then, of course, you know, having a, uh, a Wyatt Earp styled, uh, you know, Tombstone styled Wild Earp in a trench coat would be pretty cool. Now, from a Joe Customs table perspective, I don't know how much time you had behind the table. Was there any interesting interaction or any attention given to something that you were surprised by? Uh, you're talking about the figures on the table? Uh, yeah, or just like, I don't, I don't know if you stood behind the table. Was there any anything special about that or anything happened while you were behind there? I sat behind a little bit. It was, uh, I, it's been the interaction, like people just coming by and looking at, just looking at some of the customs and asking, you know, asking some of the basic questions about them or like, oh, I like this one. This one's cool, you know, and especially the kids, a few kids that, you know, came by when I was sitting there. And then, of course, looking at the, you know, the, their hopes and dreams being chattered when you say they're not for sale. <laughs> Poor kids. Poor kids. Why don't you guys sell them your customs? You know, yeah, why aren't you selling your customs? All right, next, next show, we'll make sure your Charlie Brown gets sold, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, overall, it's uh, Loveland. I mean, it was a surprise saying they had two more years, but it, I, I kind of seen something coming out of the bag, you know, early yeah, you know, listen to some of the other podcasts. There were signs there that they had something up their sleeve, and I think they might. The next two shows might be decent since that's the only license they have to concentrate on. They don't have a botcon to overshadow us at times. It feels, or you know, they're. I understand that's their big money grab, but they might be able to concentrate a little more on, you know, our community as a whole, and collecting. That is a good point, actually, because this this year's stuff it was you know, they they were planning it as if it was a normal year, and then they found out, oh, this is going to be the last. Now they have the two-year extension, and they know they don't, They don't. know that they don't know what's happening after that two years. So I'm really hoping that whatever they've got going for the next two years, they're really, you know, pushing it in a good direction more so than they, they would be otherwise, just knowing that they only have so long to do it, or that this two years might be what decides whether they get to keep going at, you know, at all. Gonna, I'm not pretending that they're not going to still fight. <laughs> Situation normal. <laughs> they know they've only got so much time left that they really devote it to rounding stuff out. You know, like, okay, well, there's really only, like, two or three October Guard characters that don't have modern era figures. Maybe they should just knock those out in the two years they've got. You know, stuff like that. Like, complete what you've started. Instead of you know, oh no, we're gonna do we're gonna do two Star Brigade guys, and we'll never make any more Star Brigade. It's like no, round out what you've got because you know the clock's ticking. Yeah. My roommate's probably in there trying to stream a movie, so it's screwing up Skype and everything else around here. We'll, we'll catch you next okay. time. All right, uh, y'all have a good one. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, have to do it again in uh, something. <laughs> it's actually not gonna be in Florida though. Uh, there, uh, JM. Well, you got a couple of months to talk them into it. I know we're gonna have to harass the hell out of them. Ah, dude, you don't have to harass me. Just start up a collection. Pass the hat. Hey, <laughs> okay, we might have to do it. <laughs> Even then, I bet it won't happen. Even if I got a full ride, I bet I won't be there. <laughs> now with an attitude like that, mister. Nope. We'd take that full ride and be like, nope, we're going to split it up and uh, drink all your ride money away. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the JM70 thing to, to do. <laughs> totally. All right. Later, Jeremy. See you later. Y'all have a good evening. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. One of the things we didn't cover before, the actual convention dinner and the cosplay costume contest, 
anything from that part of the night stick out to you guys? Uh, it was really hot down there, and I kind of, I kind of got like just I checked out early. I was there, but I was not there. So yeah, perhaps somebody with a clear recollection can contribute. <laughs> not gonna be me. I'm. <laughs> I, I missed the announcements for who won that con. I, I came back in and I was like, hey, does anybody know if the Futurama set won? And they were all like, nah. And I was like, all right, I'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> it seemed like it dragged on really late, even compared to other years where it's really late. I mean, I I think I finally just left. Um, I, I was sad that I missed uh, Kavanaugh's big reveal. Me too. That's the one thing. I, that's the one regret I have from that whole part. For for people who don't know or didn't see, do you guys want to say what that was? I had seen James started the evening, and we had seen him walking around. He had a Serpentor costume, and there was some bits of it that you know seemed kind of like what this. There's more to this. Like he had like a, a snake staff that was built around a megaphone, but apparently during the contest, he you know tore off his Serpentor costume, and underneath was was Brian Savage. You know, you had a Brian Savage costume on, so I missed I missed that reveal um, and Brian's reaction to it, which I would have liked to have seen. Nobody expected the jorts. <laughs> this I command. Yeah, that was awesome. And apparently, I'm glad you got that in there, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, apparently, <laughs> Cuckoo Son lost to Joe Colton on a coin flip, and her. Shoot. Uh, Marissa Fairborn. Thank you. Which, that jump jetpack that she had on was so awesome. I was like... Yeah, really. Go ahead. Who who made that? Anybody know? I'm pretty is that sure. a John Kameen's thing? I I think it was her. That was, a, that was the best part. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, uh, you know, I usually I'm not into cosplay. I don't, you know, I, I go to watch James do something. But that, I was like, I want to make that. I I want a jump jetpack <laughs> like that. One day, it's on the to do list now. All right, something you something you said or something we were talking about brought up something else that was really interesting that I don't know that I brought up before. Did you guys talk about my new Chinese friends? No, because they're your Chinese friends. Is that that Hallelujah what? butterfly? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was just this random dude that I was standing in line with. Okay. Standing in line for the for the con exclusives. Everyone knows it. Everyone hates it. It's the suckiest thing in the world. And then something amazing happened this year. This dude, and I won't say his name because maybe he doesn't want to be known around the world, but it's a guy that, that we had met and was a fan of Joe Customs before, just decided that all of a sudden out of the blue, he was going to become a waiter and start taking people's drink orders. And holy crap, if that doesn't change the whole paradigm of standing in that stupid line. So he's running out and getting people drinks and beers and all this kind of stuff. And everybody, like, just stepped down a notch. It was like all the tension just went down. No one was complaining or <laughs> at least not around me anyway. So everyone's just getting relaxed and happy. And I start talking to this guy who was going by the name Richard. He told me his real name. And unfortunately, Richard, I'm sorry, I can't remember. But I did respond to your email through Joe Customs. But he's he's uh, from China, and he had some friends there from China. Now, he was the only one who spoke English, or at least the only one that was speaking English. So he kind of acted as translator. And we had some language barrier issues, but... Who is translating JM70s to him? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. There was one other person that was, you know, in between me and the translator that was that was looking in the dictionary for what I was coming up with. <laughs> but uh yeah, it made that standing in line go so fast. It was so nice. Anyway, I'm hoping that this guy actually gets through because we talked about quite a bit about customizing in China and G.I. Joe in China. And it, it was really pretty interesting. Matt, were you a part of that? when they were... A couple guys who might have been those guys came by the table. But, I, yeah, I wasn't. You told me about what they were talking about. But, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't there for that conversation. I don't remember who I was talking to about this or who they were talking to. But they brought up an interesting point, which was that G.I. Joe is not available in China. And so they asked him, like, well, where, where do you get your fodder figures? Or where do you get your G.I. Joes? And the guy goes, we get it from eBay. That, I was like, that's hilarious because, you know, there's that midnight Chinese eBay line where we get all of, you know, the cheap fodder or the early stuff. And he's like, that's where we have to get it to. And I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, so I had explained to them that I had been in the customizing class and I didn't use all my bullet man parts. And one of the guys was like, oh, my friend wanted to get in there and he couldn't because it was full and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I didn't use all my parts. As a matter of fact, I've got an extra helmet and all the body parts because I built mine out of a hack. So the only thing I used was the head and the chrome helmet and so and the decal. And I had an extra decal. I was like, uh, you know, find me sometime tomorrow and I'll bring them down to the booth and you can just have them. I don't think they believed me when I said that they could just have them. But uh, I found them and I gave them to them. And, you know, they were very thankful about that. And I didn't think much more of it. And then... Uh, they came to the table when I wasn't there and they dropped off like this whole Ziploc baggie full of these uh, custom helmets and like casts of these custom helmets. And I will get a picture of that to you to put up because they're pretty, they're pretty damn cool. Anyway, so that was a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's always fun at JoeCon where you get to, especially in line, like you're in line so long. And, and we tell people, it's like, talk to somebody. It doesn't matter. They're all there for the same reason. It's okay to geek out with people around you because you're going to be in line for like an hour. You might as well strike up a conversation. Also, the FU monkey comes in handy during those long lines. What happened to the monkey? First day, tons of monkey shots. No more monkey shots. What happened? Somehow the monkey rolled under the chair after that first night. Somehow. <laughs> I, I have some ideas. I did find him, though, when we were cleaning up. So the monkey will return, but not next year because you're not going. That's right. See an assembly required, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I think that that about covers it. Matt, what am I forgetting? <laughs> oh, hell, I don't know. What was your favorite part about hanging out with me? <laughs> well, the most memorable part about hanging out with you, um, the, one, the, the story that I've told the most post-con was when we were driving back to the hotel. Uh, or not back to the hotel, back to the airport after the show was over on Monday. So we're driving back to the, the motel and, uh, or the, not the motel, the airport, the airport. We're driving back to the airport and we're using, um, Chief had given us a route that allowed us to avoid tolls. It took a little bit longer, but we had all day. So what did we care? We still got to the airport way earlier than we needed to and had to go sit down in like the weird unfinished basement of the airport that looked like an old middle school. Like um, there were no, th this was the furthest out you could get in that airport without going outside. Yeah, you had to, like, go down an escalator and then, like, through a thing that looked like you weren't supposed to go past it. It was just, wow. Anyway. But so we're driving back to the airport. And we're stopped at the stoplight. And this guy 
is crossing the crossing the crosswalk ahead of us. You know, and he's got on like a, a hoodie and camouflage pants and a shaved head and this just giant fucking <laughs> Rambo knife. Like a, a fucking foot long knife and he's just like flipping this knife around, walking across the crosswalk. And it was just it was just the surrealist shit. And Jeff immediately reached over and hit the door lock button and we uh we just waited that out. <laughs> Joe Michael 70, cool under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't. He was flipping it knife to handle or blade to handle over and over as he was crossing the four lane crosswalk, looking at everybody like challenging them to, to, to do something. And we were just like, man, out of Colorado. You know what? I think one of my other favorite parts of the convention was the. Was that Saturday night or Sunday night when we sat out and had our Sunday? It was? Yeah. Anyway, that was one of my favorite parts, too. We had our little idea generation slash cheerleading session where everybody got excited to start doing some <laughs> for the site again. That's where we came home all gung-ho and hoorah and let's get this stuff done. Usually how it goes, the con kind of revitalizes everybody. We say it every year, you know, we always seem to get stuck in a corner. And then all of a sudden last year we got put right up front. And now this year we were back in the back corner again. And I was all like, of course we are. But yet we were like literally just to the right of Hasbro. And it was like, oh, shoot, this is actually a really good spot. People were walking by our table either before or after they were looking in the concept and upcoming booth. It's pretty good to go there as someone who's been at Joe Customs now for 12 years and still feels like I'm a noob to get your batteries recharged by seeing fresh faces and hearing it from people that, you know, it isn't just me and Matt slapping each other on the back and telling Bucky he does a good job. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to get recharged and recognized from outside of our own inner circles that what we do is important and looked well upon in the hobby as a whole you know, even outside of our own little niche of it. Well, and the other thing, too, that's that's always, you know, nice is you talk to people at the show. I'm not going to name names, but there's people at the show and you talk to them and they're not they're not on the boards. They don't they're not on, they're not on the Joe Customs forum. They don't they're not into that. That's not their thing. And that's fine. But they, they still say, yeah, like every day when I when I pop on the Internet, like Joe Customs is like one of the first places I go every day just to see what's new, what's what's you know, what the new customs are. That have that are you know been added to the gallery, and that you know people are still doing that even if they're not active on the boards anymore or ever. That's really cool to hear. You know, it's that that silent majority that's out there and and seeing people's work and enjoying the site and and you know getting something out of what what everybody you know the staff and all the customizers that adds up to the gallery what everybody is putting into the site that there are people out there whether you may never you may never know them you may never see them or hear anything from them. But they're out there and they're enjoying the stuff. And that's always awesome to find out. Word. Well said, yo. Which is why that new front page is going to be great. It is going to be great. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> you just laser that whole thing. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. It'll give us motivation to actually complete it. <laughs> it's moved forward, believe it or not. It's moved forward since the convention. The other thing, the big takeaway, I think, for us, and whether this goes into the podcast or not, I guess it's up to you, John, but uh, that whole idea about the committees, I think, hit home. There's going to be a restructure, I guess, is for lack of a better term. 
trying to bring some of the behind the scenes stuff for the site and just push it more out onto the forums and try to get more people involved with the site and the aspects that they enjoy the most. Changes, that's, they are coming. That's all you want to say about something that's probably the largest shakeup since you've taken control of the site? Baby steps. <laughs> Baby steps for that. So, John, sitting on the sidelines, only being able to live through the convention vicariously through what you could find online or getting texts from random yo's, what was your favorite part of the convention? It was awful this year to be on the sidelines. You know, I had to stay home for work and then work delayed at the last minute. So I couldn't get out of something with my wife. So I had to go where she wanted me to go. And I wasn't happy about that. And then to watch all of my friends having all this fun and stuff. And then be radio silent, like at the most important times. <laughs> like, wait, what's going on? Why is nobody answering me? Where are all the pictures? What happened to the monkey? Yeah, it, it wasn't a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know. The, the club news, that certainly hit like everybody by surprise. <laughs> don't get me started. Thanks, Haskell. Yeah. Matt, where would you rate this in, in all the cons we've driven to? I don't even know how many cons we've been to. I wouldn't put it super, super high. Not that I didn't have a good time. And the venue ended up being better than I thought it was going to be. But in terms of just the amount of, you know, cool stuff that, that I got to do and people I got to meet, this year isn't, you know, real, like a real standout as far as that goes. Good time, but nothing, uh, nothing spectacular. I honestly feel like a big chunk of our convention experience was missing just because we didn't drive to Iowa, pick up Joe's R, and take off. It did change the, the, the feel, yes. It just it felt like we weren't as immersed as we normally have been the last few years. It felt more like we were spectating, for me. And I, I could see that. I, I think it was McLeod, uh, Christopher McLeod in the G.I. Joe discussion group who is Facebook, you know, live streaming the panels and stuff. I, I wasn't even in a position to watch it, but it, just that the fact that somebody was doing that for all the people playing at home, that, that was awesome. The fact that Wallstrom couldn't be there. Bummer. Just like me. Bummer. Yeah, just like you. Hey, are you going to AR? Do you back out of that too? Oh, ooh. Now that's right. I can back out at any time though. I reserve the right to back up, back out at any time. But the schedule See, looks good. You don't need me. You guys got it. <laughs> I don't. No, no. Need you there? Nobody JM seventy is quite like JM seventy. Yeah, it'll be it'll be weird. You know, actually being able to go to bed when I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure every morning it'll still be. Hey, where's JM seventy? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. To Jeff's credit, he was he was there uh, a lot earlier than I expected him to be. I saw him quite a bit earlier than I did last year. We never we never adjusted to the uh, the time difference. That's true. I was in bed early compared to other folks. I think this year, and I was up earlier than I'd ever been up. I saw the parachute drop for the first time <laughs> since like the second since like Atlanta. Matter of fact, I snatched the parachute. So, so I'm going back to the room, not giving a shit about the parachute drop, like I do. Mostly, I just kind of had to, you know, use the facilities, and I don't know what the hell else. I was just getting away from something. 
there's this kid standing out out in front of our room. And I'm like, what are you doing? He was like, oh, my dad and I were practicing throwing parachutes last night off the top floor. And a bunch of them kept floating right here. And I was like, oh. He was like, yeah, so I'm just going to hang out here. My dad's one floor below us. And I was like, all right. So I'm just standing there near the edge. And, you know, Brian's down there, the megaphone, and the cops are all around. And everyone's just going crazy. But there were a bunch of people that I knew up throwing parachutes this year. So I was trying to get their attention and wave and flip them off, and as I will. And all of a sudden, there was a freaking parachute right in front of my face. And this kid looked over at me, and I snatched it, and I put it in my pocket. And he looked at me, and I was like, what? I got a kid. Dick! That poor little boy. Never got a single one. Wow. If I'm going to be up for a parachute throw, I'm getting a parachute. Do you want that story in there? Are you sure? What do you think? Is it funny or is it just cruel? <laughs> a little bit of both. It was a snatch of opportunity. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Those are the best ones. <laughs> that's what she said. So I snagged it and I wasn't giving it away. Matt, you got one too, didn't you? Bucky, you got one too. All you guys shut up. Well, Matt, I Matt brought me one, then I gave it to Bucky. And I only got the one I got because some other guy grabbed it and gave it to me. So any final thoughts? Parting shots. <laughs>
say that, we can edit it. But <laughs> I think it's better that Jeff said it himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably about it. Although I will say this, that Larry stepped up and did the, the side of solid. I was running around trying to get Futurama things set up last minute on Friday morning, and he was sitting outside waiting for a panel or something or other to start and sketching a few things. And I just asked him if he would be kind enough to autograph, you know, those those penny comic reprints. Yeah. yeah, I asked him if he'd be willing to just autograph a few of them that we could give away on the site for prizes down the road, and he was like, "Sure, you know, how many?" And I was like, "Honestly, I don't know." And I just dropped a stack of like ten in front of him, and I was like, "As many as you want or don't want would be." So awesome. And I walked away and finished setting up the display and I came back out and he had signed every single one and left him sitting there. Actually, he was still sitting there and, and did it. So I, I thanked him previously, but it's pretty cool how people know Joe Customs enough that they're willing to do whatever they can within their means or within their sphere of influence. Like uh, Carson, you know, gives us posters, Marauder John donated a figure and and this is really without even asking or trying to pursue these things. You know, people recognize that, you know, we're not necessarily a nonprofit. We just we're just hobbyists. And, you know, we do all of this out of our own pocket for the love of what we do to try to get other people excited about doing what we do. And even then, we don't benefit monetarily. We only benefit as a community. And I think people actually recognize that. And it, it may have taken a while. But uh, I don't know. It's a good feeling now that everyone gets it and for the most part is a part of it. Awesome. I thought you all walked away. <laughs> and if the IRS had it out of pocket at a loss category, that's what we would file under. Yeah. Can we get registered as a negative profit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Matt, what about you? Final thoughts? You know, like every every year, it's, it's about the people. It's about seeing, you know, all the people that uh, you only get to see once, maybe twice a year. I could I could name names for you know for a while, but that's that's what it's about for me is just getting out there, talking to people, hanging out. Also, just sharing sharing the love of the site, and the knowledge. You know, every year is is somebody's first show, and they don't know what we do or why we do it. And to be there to explain that and hopefully turn them on. You know, even if it's even if even if they don't ever customize, just to let them know that it's a thing. And we exist, and you want to, you know, come and check it out. That's why. That's why I do. That's yeah. That's it for me. You know, I'll, I'll piggyback on what Matt just said about about that. Every year, somebody's first year. Matt and I have been setting up the same customs for the most part twice a year for what the last five years at least. Yeah. Well, Matt has. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of them this year just got stuck in the case and i was like matt why aren't you putting some of these out and matt was like ah man nobody wants to see those and i was like dude some people have never seen these before you know we might be sick to death of them and a lot of them still like the shipwreck customs which we've had since the very first one you know we we know them all by heart and they seem i don't want to say boring but they don't seem fresh but again to what matt says some people have never seen them before or what's even more cool is that someone recognizes them from having seen them online and now that they see them in person are all like ooh ah and they're just very amazed by how real that the hobby is at that point and also a lot of them you know the pictures don't do the custom justice by any stretch now can you do a ooh ah but say it slower and lower <clears throat> ooh ah wait it sounds like a song 
Now who's the dancing monkey? Who is? <laughs> Still Dan. <laughs> anyway, I didn't want to hijack you in the middle, Matt, but I wanted to... to no, add. no, really, I was kind of rambling there at the end, so probably good that you jumped in to stop. I didn't. I waited till you finished rambling. <laughs> Aaron? Bucky? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Fox <laughs> Fox. <laughs> so I, I was painting... Um... <laughs> good. <laughs> Just like last time. <laughs> that was one of my all-time favorite moments. <laughs> I'm glad we got to relive that. I would say, you know, if you can make it, show up. It's worth it. A lot of cool toys, a lot of cool things to see. And you, everybody that you've been talking to for years, you get to meet them in person, hang out, talk shop. And you really get a better sense, especially as a customizer, you get a better sense of the hobby itself, hanging out with people that share the same passion that you do. And sometimes you, you know, if you don't do it, you don't have anybody that lives by you or that does it that you know in person. It's a completely different thing to actually meet the people and, and talk to them. Yeah, so hey, true. What'd you guys think about Chief showing up and dumping his box of fodder on the floor and having everybody go at it? That was cool for the yes. uh, blind pull that we'll, we need to officialize some point here. Let's officialize it. So how many people got parts? Uh, I want to say like five or six, maybe a little, maybe a little bit more than that. So we'll probably get two when all said and done. Yeah, I've got like enough to make five figures, I think. I had one more because there was something else. Oh, we should have had, uh, did you reach out to Stranger for this? Mysterious Saint? No. You should probably give him a call before you edit this together and just get his take on some stuff. Yeah, because he was, he was a big part of the. He, he really had a big con this year. He would do it in a heartbeat. He loves this site. You know, a couple of other cool things was, so I had that Futurama display and I was using those little tiny, uh, G.I. Joe round bases for those figures, Matt. What were they? Microforce? Yeah, the micro figures. Yeah. Okay. And so my, my figures were having trouble staying standing. So I had to keep going back over there to, uh, just make sure they were still standing. Even after knowing I didn't win, I still wanted to make them at least stand up because there's nothing that says defeat, like just letting your customs tip over and leave them that way. Anyway, one of the guys I conscripted to stand behind the table for one of these was Crankcase. And we see him every year. Dude's nice. He's always in our photos. He's always hanging out. He always likes being a part of it. But he's never stood behind the table and represented Joe Customs until this year. And this year he did. And again, I think he kind of had the same, maybe to a lesser degree than Dan of the Dead. But he was like, wow, thanks for, you know, including me in this. It was also awesome. I met two Joe Customs guys who I'd never met before. The first was Kansas Brawler. And you may not recognize his customs because he doesn't really post any customs, but what Kansas Brawler does is comes up with those virtual concepts and tears that whole yeah. thing apart every custom celebration. And so it was awesome to meet him. And then Rogue Tiger showed up, and it was just like, dude. I forgot about Kansas Brawler coming up. Yeah, that I, was fun. I don't think I met him. No, he came up and took photos of most everything we had. Oh, and Bucky, your Phoenix Force Resurgence stuff got all kinds of people going crazy over it i'm gonna get it wrong and you're gonna get mad but your uh space cop come on which oh, one highway yeah cop, highway. cops are your highway okay people were just like picking that out that that out of all of them that i saw that one was getting like the most single attention on the table at least while i was paying attention to what people were doing and somebody asked me what it was and i just pointed at you and said ask him yeah and then they did <laughs> well, you, look at you you were intimidating man yeah <laughs> yeah why'd you guys lock your doors when i was walking across that crosswalk what, 
<laughs> Dude, well done. Nice callback. <laughs> oh, and uh, Jason Wells, we were all sitting there at the airport on the way out, but it was, it was kind of just really whirlwindy, guys. I think that's it. All right, time. Cool. All right. Good night, guys. Have a good Later. one, everybody. Thanks, John. Yeah. Once again, the world is a safe place to be, thanks to the G.I. Joe team of experts. G.I. Joe, a real American hero. Hi, this is Jeff. Made the water too warm. Yeah, go ahead. Hi, this is Jeff, aka. Yeah, sorry. Really, John. <laughs> Three, two. So while we were at the liquor store before the before the con, uh, there was a guy in there for us checking out, and uh, he bought a tall boy of chilada. So flashbacks to New Orleans there. Oh, jeez. Uh, the Budweiser chilada and two shots of Fireball. So I don't know what kind of evening he was planning, but man. <laughs> I know what kind of evening he ended up with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoy I, I mean. It, yeah. Interesting. And that's it.